0: the current state of the news media, what I learned at the barber and the doctor's office, migrants being used as pawns, what Joe Biden's student loan forgiveness plan will cost you, yes, you, and more on today's Random Thoughts. And welcome to episode number 201 of the Random Thoughts podcast, spelled R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill, and a whole lot of fun stuff going on, even though we're in the doldrums of August. We're not a whole lot of news normally happens. We have a bunch of big stories kind of colliding, and it's interesting to see Exactly how it is being covered. And a lot of what I want to talk about today is the current state of the media. And we're pretty much going to leave out the social media aspect of it because that, as we have talked about over and over again, is nothing but a cesspool. And the actual media is not far behind, but there is a different media landscape that seems to be emerging. Now, I went out yesterday, had a doctor appointment and ended up going out to get a haircut, which uh, both got some interesting stories while I was at both appointments, if you will. The not very surprising thing was talking to my barber, Bill who said that the overall consensus from the people he's had in the chair in regards to the FBI raiding Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence was one of defiance, was one of a lot of people who say they're not fans of Donald Trump, who really wouldn't have been planning on voting for him mentioning that this is kind of raising their ire enough that at this point they would probably vote for Trump. Now we'll see how this carries through to the midterm elections. So far, the Trump record on candidates that he has supported has been pretty good. And I do believe a lot of what has been going on in this anti-Trump crusade is going to end up helping Donald Trump or whoever Donald Trump decides is his candidate for the next presidential election. And it's an interesting thing to me because I believe that Donald Trump has a much greater chance At being the king or queen maker, depending who the candidate is. And I know I'm leaving out like 86 different genders in there, but I believe that Donald Trump himself running is not a sure win. I think there is still enough Trump hate. I think there is still enough Trump derangement syndrome out there that I don't think Trump running is a sure thing, but I do believe. If Donald Trump were to come out and say, you know what, I'm not running, but I'm backing Ron DeSantis or whoever, the person that gets the Trump blessing almost an assured win because the people that hate Trump who can still look at their grocery bills and look at what it's costing them to put gas in their tanks. They're going to go, you know, the economy was a lot better. I mean, we didn't like Trump. He said a lot of dumb things or mean things on Twitter. We really didn't like him, but, you know, we had more money in the bank. We had more disposable income. We didn't feel like we couldn't put food on the table. And it's interesting with this FBI rate again, that there's A bunch of people who are going, you know, I wouldn't have normally voted for Trump, but this is making me mad enough to do it. And then the question all goes down the line, well, why is this all being done? I believe we mentioned on this last show here on Random Thoughts that the Department of Justice was making comments like, well, we're just in the first inning of this. And if that's the case, I think people are really... Going to start showing their displeasure. I do think a lot of people on the left want the violence in the streets. You see what they are trying to turn the January 6th Capitol incident into. They want something way worse than that because they want the complete and utter breakdown of the system in the United States. And we've got a few stories today that I think go along the route of proving that. Now, before we get to that, I'll talk about my stop off at the doctor's office. Everything good, just a normal checkup. But since I had seen the doctor, I had COVID and the doctor had COVID. He had a way worse time with it than I did. As I've mentioned here in the past, I got the Johnson & Johnson shot. And then when they were like, oh, get a booster, get a booster, I'm like, well, you know, I've already had the Johnson & Johnson shot, but I'll take another one because it's the same shot. And I didn't have any side effects the first time, and nor did I have any side effects the second time. And I'm still a little bit dubious of the mRNA vaccinations, which my doctor got. He got the Modernas, and he had bad side effects when he got the Moderna. After the second shot, I believe it was, he said, and then of course, he got the boosters and still had a little bit of a side effect, and that ended up catching COVID. And his experience with COVID was not fun. It was not just the sniffles, it was not a uh, it was not a fun experience for him. And when he was telling me the story and said, "Yeah, because you know I told him I talked to his office when I got it, he wasn't in. And the other doctor there said, well, drink a lot of water, you know, drink a lot of liquids, not necessarily water, but stay very well hydrated and do the vitamin stuff, do vitamin D, do zinc, do elderberry, do quercetin, do all of the stuff that is known now to help alleviate the symptoms of COVID. And I had it for a couple of days and then it was gone. I never had any issues. With brain fog, but my doctor did, and he also said that you know it was bad enough. He took the Paxlovid, and as we've heard story after story, he's like, "Yeah, I took the Paxlovid." I'm like, "Oh," and then he had a rebound, and he's like, "Yes, I did." And the brain fog he said was so bad right off the bat was he knew he was sick, probably tested positive, went home, and he said he got to his driveway. And he just kind of looked around and he had no recollection of the drive home. He looked down and there was a bag there from a fast food joint. He picked up a burger, did not remember doing that. He's like, at that point, I wasn't even really sure. He's like, am I going to work? Am I coming back from work? Uh, So a very concerning neurological issues with COVID when people talk about brain fog which is what makes this different. I know there's a lot of people out there who are like, ah, it's just a cold. It's like, no, it's not just a cold. Now, for some people, the symptoms may be, but the average cold does not cause brain issues, does not cause the neurological issues. My barber had the COVID when it first came out, and he said beyond losing the sense of taste and smell, which is still coming and going about 2 years later now he never really had any other symptoms and since that bout he has never had any problems has never had any of the vaccines so this is obviously a disease that affects people in many different ways and is not simply the cold when you're having these kind of neurological issues now I'm not saying that means take the vaccines cuz Again, very dubious about the mRNA vaccines and these new and improved things that they're coming out with that are allegedly for these newer variants. No, I still don't buy it. And now that we can watch the numbers of hospitalizations and deaths, which are really the only important things, and those are going down, what we have left now seems to be a much Milder disease, but it is still having some side effects that are not common with the common cold. And it's going to be interesting to watch how this goes through the fall because that's always when the flu shows up. We'll see if the flu is back in force and all of that other stuff. The media, though, is going to cover this the way they're going to cover it, like all stories. And that is the main focus of what we're talking about today which is the media. Where do you get your news? Who do you believe? Who do you trust? How do you get to the bottom of a story as they say? How do you get to the truth? Now, there's a few sites that are out there that I used to go to all the time as a roadmap to what's going on. One of those was the Drudge Report, which there is no question The drudge report has changed over the last year or two, especially into one that is all in on the Trump derangement syndrome. It is all in on not being a fair and balanced and centrist place to get news. No, instead, they are all on one side at this point. I don't see them as being much different than MSNBC. Mark Levin, radio host, author, attorney, called the Drudge Report the other day, the Drudge Distort. And I think that's a little clever and actually explains how I feel about the Drudge Report lately. The Drudge Distort, he says, trashes Trump, DeSantis, and Oz. And yeah, the Drudge Report seems to be a one-sided political-leaning machine now. So I really can't use it anywhere near as much. I'll still go to see what stories are there. But for me, it's a very interesting thing to go to the Drudge Report and then go over to offthepress.com, which is another news aggregator, much in the same design, although they've gotten really bad lately. And I hope if anybody from off the press is listening your new system of when people click on a link, taking them to another page at your website before you let them get to the actual story is complete and utter garbage and it will lose you people because it's obvious what you're doing. It's all about getting a click and showing ads and all that. And it's really not useful. And if, Somebody already hasn't, they'll come up with a way just to bypass that entirely. But they're still trying to cover a wide range of news stories. And to me, you can learn so much about what the media is doing by just seeing what is on the top of their coverage at any given time. You can compare the news aggregators like Drudge, Off the Press, and others. And you can also go directly to CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, and see what they're covering. It is always very different when you go from site to site, unless something major has happened. Now, if a shooting has happened or some kind of natural disaster, yeah, they'll all cover that. But otherwise, you'll be able to find the bias fairly quickly in just the stories that are being front and center. Like, I don't think today you're going to be seeing on MSNBC or any of the left-leaning news sites that a bunch of mail-in ballots were just delivered in Baltimore. And you're like, hey, that's great. The election's coming up in the midterm. Well, no, these were the ballots for the 2020 election that somehow were just delivered. But you know, everybody on the left says there's no chance this mail-in balloting stuff could have any problems whatsoever. There's no fraud. It always works like clockwork when you get the postal service involved. And this, I think, is really good evidence why mail-in balloting simply does not work. No, I don't know if these people that the ballots didn't get to them in Baltimore. Did somebody else fill out ballots in their names? What's going on? Nobody really knows. And elections, if you want them to be fair, maybe you need to actually work on the systems that are being used. And it's funny because the left points to Donald Trump, you know, oh, he's an election denier. Like the left never did that. I posted on my No Agenda Social account a video that somebody put out which is 10 straight minutes of left-leaning politicians like Hillary Clinton and Jimmy Carter. I mean, they're more than leaning. And lefty news organizations and anchors all questioning the Trump election and echoing Russian collusion and how he's not a legitimate president. But wait, I thought those were all signs of insurrection and why people should be hung, because if you dare question the election, you're ruining the democracy. The uh, Democrats have been questioning elections for years. It is all a bunch of crap, but again, it's how the media is covered, and that's why the average citizen doesn't know all of that. They don't think the people on the left have ever questioned an election. I mean, they're stupid, because if they were paying any attention to the Donald Trump win, Back in 2016, they would have certainly heard it, but this is where we're going. Now, CNN, we've talked about, is making some changes. Brian Stelzer fired. Not that uh, that's a big deal. There's talk now that the CNN morning show is about to be nuked and totally redone because their ratings are garbage, as is most ratings on CNN garbage, because all they've been Is a Trump hating network. And once that stopped, the ratings cratered. Bill O'Reilly predicted that, said once Trump was gone, the ratings for CNN would crater. And they have, because they're still trying to make the stories about Donald Trump, because that's all they've got. Now, it seems like some new leadership at CNN is trying to change that. The guy in charge now, I think we talked about here, wants to try to get back to real journalism, and covering stories. I know that's a really hard concept to believe that CNN would want to get back to, but I came across an article on Yahoo News, and I think Yahoo, including Daily Beast articles in your news coverage, you use some air quotes around news coverage there, you're not really doing yourself any favors. You're not giving yourself any credibility because the Daily Beast is garbage, and I'll prove it to you. This, an article from a guy named Lachlan, L-A-C-H-L-A-N Cartwright, he says in the headline, and granted, I don't know if he wrote the headline because most writers don't, the headline on the article, CNN staff fears right-wing billionaire will turn it into a dumpster fire. The article goes on to say, quote, the fallout from the firing of Brian Stelzer and the cancellation of reliable sources continues this week. CNN insiders tell Confider that staffers cannot shake the feeling. The shocking move was made to appease John Malone, a right-leaning billionaire, close friend of the Murdoch family and key Warner Brothers Discovery board member who has made it well known that he would like CNN to be more centrist, whatever that means. (laughs) You lost me right there, Lachlan. You lost me when you say that somebody involved with CNN, and I don't even know how involved this John Malone person is. He might be a lot. He might not be at all. But When somebody goes on record saying they would like CNN to be more centrist and you add in your article, Mr. Cartwright, whatever that means, do you literally not know what the term centrist means? Are you that much of a moron? Are you that much of a twit that you don't know what the word means and then you don't have the ability to look it up? Why would you have this in an article when you say that? They would like CNN to be more centrist, whatever that means. Well, I can tell you what it means. It means they want it to be less propaganda and more journalism. Is that so hard to understand? Centrist means not to the left, not to the right. So, wow, Lachlan, that would be in the center. If you're not to the left, if you're not to the right, you're in the center. I feel like Lachlan should be watching Sesame Street or something. To learn what simple words mean when somebody says they want a news network to be more centrist Mr. Cartwright they mean they want them to stop lying and spreading propaganda from the left from the right stop having on the talking heads who are only going to give you the propaganda of the left and of the right and get some down-to-earth actual journalists who will try to get to the bottom of a story, who will try to get to the truth of a story, and bring that to the audience of the network? That's what being centrist means. If you're that much of a moron, Mr. Cartwright, you should either go back to school, but you definitely shouldn't be writing for any news organization, even one as crappy as The Daily Beast. Because this is just laughable. This just makes the author look like a total moron, an idiot. When you're like centrist, whatever that means. <laughs> I mean, is it that hard to understand? Is there anybody listening to the sound of my voice right now who, when I first said centrist, did not understand what the word meant? But we're to believe Mr. Cartwright didn't. So you might want to reach out to him. I'm sure he's on Twitter and send him definitions of centrist and maybe get him a word of day calendar or something. Cause journalism's guys, you know, you should be using your words. Amazing, really. Another story, of course, getting much different coverage depending where you go, is the situation on the southern border. We're seemingly breaking records this year. Millions of people crossing the border into the United States. And these people are often in bad shape. I mean, they're victims of the people that they're paying to get them over the border. It's dangerous. People are abused. People are beaten up. People are raped. They're found in trucks dead because they're paying, you know, paying the wrong people to try to help them get over the border. It's a very dangerous situation. And then once they do get over the border, the question is what to do with these people. And there's a humanitarian crisis to go along with a legal crisis here. Because the Biden administration has gone full in on not enforcing the law at the border. There's a tone of they want everybody to be allowed in. And some people will cheer that and other people will say um, there's some logistical problems to this. Which is the side that I fall in on. Because I think everybody that wants to come to this country should be allowed to do so. But there is a system in place to do this legally. And to do this at a pace that does not overwhelm the cities involved, which have normally just been the cities on the southern border, which is why I think it's genius, but it is absolutely using these literally poor migrants coming over the border, putting them on buses as the governor of Texas is doing. And sending them to places like New York. But I also applaud the fact that he's doing it because there's a lot of people, including the mayor of Washington, D.C., including the mayor of New York, who are like, oh, it's so horrible. Those Texas people don't want to let the migrants in. Well, so they're bringing them to the doorstep. They're to the doorstep of New York. They're bringing them to the doorstep of Washington, D.C., Washington, D.C. multiple times now. The mayor has requested the National Guard come help because it's so horrible with the few hundreds or a couple of thousand migrants that have come in. The migrants being brought into New York City have the mayor, Eric Adams, threatening to take a busload of New Yorkers to Texas to knock on doors to help get Governor Abbott out of office for the, quote, good of America then he asked for more federal funding to address the influx of migrants to the Big Apple. I mean, remember, the Big Apple is a sanctuary city. He says, bring everybody. You know, unless you actually do bring people and then they cry foul. Mayor Adams says, quote, this is horrific when you think about what the governor that referring to Governor Abbott of Texas is doing, end quote. No, sir. No, Mr. Mayor. What is horrific are the policies going on in your little city there now, the Big Apple, where crime is running out of control, where people are released without any kind of bond when they commit crimes, which violent crimes weigh up in New York. Now they're getting a bunch of migrants on their doorstep. and They're like, we don't know what to do. Maybe we'll put them in luxury hotels. I mean, that's a great idea. If you want the luxury hotels to go out of business, which maybe they do because that is the bottom line with so much of what the left is doing, they want the system to be stretched to a point to where it crashes and burns. We've mentioned that so many times here, and there's no difference in what is going on here. They want the system to crash. They want these people to be used as pawns. When it comes to New York being a sanctuary city, but you know, they're not walking the walk when the migrants show up, they have nowhere to put them, which is the problem. When you are talking millions of people coming across the border without any money, without any jobs, obviously now, maybe they can find work because there's a lot of people in the United States right now who don't want to work, but they're coming in with zero money most of the time. They're coming in with no place to go to stay. They have no place to live. They don't have shelter. They don't have money to have food. And these are all things that people need to survive. So this is where it becomes a humanitarian crisis. And this is why you can never have an actual debate or argument with the leftist about this, because they refuse to acknowledge that the people coming in do not have an easy time. The roads are not paved with gold. You don't have the magic wand that gets waved the minute you cross the border and your life is now great. No, their lives of the migrants often suck once they get into the United States. But we also have huge logistic problems because there's nowhere to house these people. Everybody listening right now has a limited amount of space in the home or apartment or condo, wherever you're living right now. And if I were to be like, hey, we need you to take like 40 people into your house or apartment and house them for the next six months, would you be be able to do that? And this is what we're asking of these towns down in Texas on the border, Arizona, to handle this influx of humanity coming in. So, I just think it's hilarious when cities like New York, Washington, D.C., I'm sure they're bussing them to the Chicago area as well, that are complaining, oh, we can't handle this. Well, that's kind of the point. This is kind of why immigration needs to be controlled, not because people are hated, not because people are racist, but because there is only so much in the resources to go around. No, I'm all for, I saw a video the other day that said about two-thirds of the properties in the Detroit metro area are not being lived in right now, which most of them are ready to fall down at this point. But if you want to rejuvenate areas and make housing to get people into there, that would be great, but that's not what's happening. Absolutely not what's happening. And the migrants that are pawns in this are losing all the way around. Yeah, they're getting their Biden money when they come across. They're being taken wherever they want. But none of this is enough to survive for more than a few days. And this is a problem that needs to be looked at. But the left-leaning media doesn't want to put anything negative about the Joe Biden administration out there or the Democrats. Otherwise, this story would be being told the human crisis that it is. And it's not the crisis that we're not letting people in. The crisis is we are letting everybody in and we have no way to handle it. And I just do not see that story anywhere in the mainstream media. And it's really, it's sad. Another story right along the same lines, Joe Biden gonna be forgiving a lot of student debt And we're talking to the extent of over $300 billion. An analysis by the Penn Wharton budget model estimated that the canceled debt, which is all debt owned by the federal government, these are federal loans that were given out as student loans. And they're saying, yeah, we're just not going to collect. We're going to give everybody, I think it's like $10,000 off for free. We're just canceling that part. Now, the interesting part about this, according to the Wharton budget model, is up to 73% of these cancellations of these loans will be assisting households in the top 60% of earners in the United States. So, I mean, I don't really know what the point of this is, except to, again, crash the system overwhelm the system, stretch everything to the point to where it's going to break. A group called the National Taxpayers Union Foundation did the math on this, and they said this plan of reducing the student loans would end up costing every taxpayer in America $2,085. So if you pay taxes, In the United States, I want you to know that Joe Biden is putting a $2,085 bill on your plate to remove these loans from the books, which again, 73%, according to the Wharton budget model, say is helping the top 60% of earners in the United States. I don't really understand this. Maybe somebody a lot smarter out there can let me know. People are mad about this. Kevin Brady, representative from Texas, says, my neighbor, a detective, worked three jobs and his wife worked to make sure their daughter got a quality degree without student debt. Big sacrifice. Now their taxes must pay off somebody else's student debt. How is that fair? I don't know. It doesn't seem fair to me. And the hilarity Ensues more because the NAACP is mad about this, according to an article that says that the NAACP president Derek Johnson on Tuesday blasted President Joe Biden's purported plan to extend a student loan repayment freeze and cancel up to ten thousand dollars in debt as not going far enough. Quoting again, this is NAACP President Derek Johnson quote. If the rumors are true, we've got a problem. And tragically, we've experienced this so many times before. The interstate highway system devastated black communities. Welfare reform tossed poor people of color by the wayside. President Biden's decision on student debt cannot become the latest example of a policy that has left black people, especially black women, behind. This is not how you treat black voters who turned out in record numbers and provided 90% of their vote to once again save democracy in 2020, end quote. And I think that was a few different quotes stitched together, but you get the idea. The NAACP is seeing exactly what the other analysis above did, which said, Yeah, this is going to be helping the top 60% of the economic class in this country removing this debt. And this is an interesting thing also because it's like, well, if you don't have college debt, where's my $10,000? For everybody that paid off their college debt, where's their $10,000? And for everybody who didn't go to college, where's their $10,000? Where's the equity? Where's the equality? You can't just give people something off if you're not giving it to everybody. You're not treating everybody the same. You're like, well, if you had college debt, then we're going to give you $10,000. But if you were one of those morons who went to college and actually worked and paid for it yourself and don't have any debt, well, you get nothing. This all makes zero sense to me anyway. And I understand why people are very upset about this. I understand why the people who actually worked to pay off their student loans or had parents that paid off their student loans, I understand why they're mad. And I also understand why the NAACP is mad going, well, what about all the people basically that didn't go to college? How is that fair to them? How are they being left behind from this government handout that they can't get because they didn't go to college and get one of these? Loans that are now being absolved from the books. Again, the loans that are costing every taxpayer over two thousand dollars. That's going to have to come out of your pocket and my pocket. If you're going to go out and vote for the Democrats in the midterms here or next uh, the next presidential election, seriously, let me know why. Let me know why and how you think what they're doing is better for your life. The Democrats work on the concept that they're helping in the big picture when it comes to climate change and immigration and humanitarian crises. It's all BS. It's all lies. And it all comes down again to the fact that the media won't cover the truth. And this is why as a concerned citizen, while most people aren't, they're too busy playing candy crush or something on their phone, needs to really look into things. Needs to find multiple sources. You need to kind of hold back your disgust. I mean, if you're a raving lefty, you might have to hold back your disgust, but go to and read uh, Bill O'Reilly's website and read Glenn Beck's stuff and maybe see what the other side is saying and how this fits in and try to disprove what they're saying. Because I'm tired of the people that are like, oh, Rush Limbaugh lied about everything. And then you're like, well, he starts the show by saying, hi, I'm Rush Limbaugh. Is that a lie? Well, no, that's not a lie. Well, you said he lies about everything. See, that's already been proven false. And we need to get to a rational place. And I think that a rational place would be a good thing. I don't know if CNN's actually trying to get there. But it seems like there are some new people involved with CNN who would like that to happen. As we said, centrist, whatever that means leftists don't even know what centrist means, which is how this kind of crazy stuff gets pushed and the taxpayers and the citizens of this country just take it. It's absolutely insane. We talked to you last show about 14 FBI whistleblowers who came forward because they are tired of the politicization of the FBI when it relates to things like Donald Trump. But it seems a lot of what's been coming out from these whistleblowers are talking about the FBI going after concerned parents who dared question local school boards. Is this really what you think the FBI should be involved in? If a parent stands up and says, I'm tired of the trans stuff, I'm tired of the race stuff, I'm tired of all of this stuff being taught, the sex stuff, to my kindergarten kid. And you think this is who the FBI should be investigating? Again, if you're voting, understand all of what you're voting for and understand the detrimental effect that these people are having on this country. And understand that there are people that you're electing that literally want to crash the system so they can get rid of that pesky constitution and take away your rights like free speech and that of owning a firearm, and they want to strip them from you. They want to be able to tell you when you can charge your electric vehicle. Well, first you have to have an electric vehicle, but all this smart grid stuff, they want to tell you when you can wash your clothes. Well, it's a really warm day today. So, you know, we're not going to give you the electricity to your washing machine until midnight. And then like between midnight and three, you can do a load of clothes. But after that, no, it's not convenient for us because we need the grid resources elsewhere, because, you know, we didn't really think about the fact that we were adding all of these electric cars onto the grid. It's all absolutely nuts. And a story that I wasn't that surprised in seeing the results of this, this from the Star News Network, whoever they are. But again, I go around and I look at various sources. This was an interesting report that says Catholic school enrollment on the rise. Here in the United States, quoting from the article, enrollment in Catholic schools in the United States has risen for the first time in two decades after teachers unions worked with the Biden administration to keep the government schools locked down during the COVID-19 pandemic. The enrollment rise since last year by 3.8% or 62,000 students in Catholic elementary and secondary schools is also the largest surge recorded in at least 50 years by the National Catholic Educational Association, the Associated Press reported back in February. And they talk about a lot of this being just because the Catholic schools were open. And I don't think that's entirely the story. I think this is part of it, that parents were tired of sending their kids to schools where they're forcing them to wear masks, even though we all know that masks do very little to stop a virus. And we also know that overall children have much less severe cases of whatever you want to call this disease that is going around. I think this is a lot bigger than just COVID and being able to send their kids to schools that are open. I think that a lot of parents, the ones that the FBI are probably investigating are getting tired of their kids being forced fed political bullcrap. From an overall left leaning bunch of loons that runs education in the United States. I I think that's simply it. They're tired of having, you know, tranny day. They're tired of having gay day. They're tired of having sex brought up at all to their children. When you send your kids to school, they should be there to learn and get an education. They should not be there to be indoctrinated. They should be there to get an education, and learn how to interact with people of different sorts, maybe from different backgrounds. Now, if there are problems, you know, if there is somebody who is a different gender or somebody that is of a different race and the kids have problems, well, then you deal with that. And you treat your children with respect that you teach them that they should treat everybody with respect and that there are going to be different people, but that doesn't mean you should have an ideology thrown down your throat. A lot of parents really don't like the critical race theory, which basically comes down to white people are all bad and they're the oppressors and they have to apologize for being an, you're an oppressor. Yeah. No. The minute your school and their teachers are telling them when you're like five or six years old, that, well, you're white, you're an oppressor. No, that's when you grab the kids, you get them out of the school and you get as far away from those sick people that are running that school as you possibly can. So I think it's a good thing that Catholic school enrollment is up. I went to a Catholic high school, all boys, not bitter about that at all. And I have no complaints. I think the education Provided there was better. And uh, I think Catholic schools are one of the last bastions now that are not going to be overrun with the woke and insanity that is being pushed in the public schools at this point. And I think that's what a majority of uh, parents who have their heads on straight want for their children. Now, the last thing we got here which I think this is an amazing little story that is going to make the legend of John McAfee grow even more. We talked about when the death of John McAfee broke, allegedly hanging himself in a Spanish prison. There's a new documentary coming out on Netflix, so I know that's like getting your news from Twitter. But in a new Netflix documentary, John McAfee's ex-girlfriend, Samantha Herrera, who is from Belize, is quoted as saying, I don't know if I should say, but two weeks ago, after his death, I got a call from Texas. It's me, John. I paid off people to pretend that I'm dead, but I'm not dead. now." I don't know. I think I want to believe this. I absolutely want to believe this. She says he told her there are only three people in the world that know I'm alive. But then her story is that he asked her to run away with him. Now he has a wife. I mean, once you're dead, I guess, depending on how well you uh, do that. But this is just adding to the legend of John McAfee. Did he really? kill himself in a Spanish jail or is he still out there and uh, I want to believe he's out there I want to believe that somebody beat the man that he was smart enough to pull this one off and it's gonna be like Elvis there's gonna be John McAfee sightings now for years and years and years and whether John is around or not I kind of think that would make him happy I know it makes me happy and that's really all that matters right I am also happy that you are listening to this podcast. It is an honor that you give me your time, that we can join each other and just kind of go through the insanity of the world. This is a value for value podcast, which means there's no paywall. I put the shows out there, and if you've gotten any value out of them whatsoever, it's up to you to put a number onto that. Is it worth a popsicle to you? Is it worth a vinyl LP? Is it worth a six pack or a nice bottle of scotch? whatever that is, you put that number on it. You go to randomthoughts.com slash donate. You click the donate button. If you want to use PayPal for a one-time or monthly donation, you can use the crypto information there. If you want to do the crypto thing, you can use the PO box address. If you want to go the snail mail route, and you can even go over to patreon.com slash random thoughts, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts. It is all very much appreciated coming in today. With his $15 monthly donation is Sir Sean of the Allegheny Valley. And it is very much appreciated, Sir Sean, for all of his support on this show and the other shows I'm doing. And our buddy, Sir Truck Driver, coming in with another mega, not mega, mega donation, which is split between all the shows I'm doing, which gives us $5 here on the Random Thoughts podcast. And it's good to hear from you, sir. Hope all is good out there on the roads. I know there's always stories to be told from the roads of America, and I almost forgot if you're using a podcasting 2.0 app, and if you don't know what that is, go to newpodcastapps.com. You'll find out. You can send us a boostagram. You can stream some Satoshis our way. It's just another way to take part in the value for value model. They are all very much appreciated, and as I said, it is an honor that you're giving me your time to listen to the shows do me a favor, rate the show wherever you get in your podcast. Tell a friend about the show and help us spread the word and keep this show growing. I can't believe over 200 episodes now, and we're just getting started. With all of that said, I will be back again next week, probably on Tuesday, maybe on Wednesday, with another edition of the Random Thoughts Podcast. Until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.